0: Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackerman's. Welcome to Community Centres SA's podcast, Community Conversations. I'm your host, Kerry Ackerman, CEO of Community Centres SA. I'm a passionate supporter of the community sector and the fabulous work being done to help our communities thrive. Coming up in our episode today, we have Sophia Katari from Junction Community Centre free haircuts, a community lunch and street art Just some of the many things that the centre does. This podcast will feature stories and information on community development efforts, the programs being run by our members and general community interest topics. Across the state of South Australia, there are volunteers and staff helping our community members to find connections, access to food, housing, education and many more community services in an environment that welcomes everyone to their doors. Community centres are open for anyone and provide place-based activities to enrich the lives of people in our communities – we will be interviewing community centre members, community connection partners and community stakeholders who will share their experiences, activities, stories and upcoming events. The podcast is aimed at highlighting the good work being done to make a difference at the grassroots level, to address issues such as loneliness, homelessness, social injustice and how to improve the well-being of our communities. Be sure to listen every week as we release each podcast episode. The podcast will be easily accessible on our website, communitycentressa.asn.au. Feel free to share the podcast with your networks and send us your valuable feedback and ideas for interviews at info at communitycentressa.asn.au. We're looking forward to hearing from you. I'm talking to Sophia Katari, manager of Junction Community Centres, located in Ottawa, which is west of the city. Hi, how are you? Sophia has spent twenty one years in community centres running women's support groups. She's a community educator and for the last three years has been the manager at Junction Community Centre. It's a big role with little resources to support it and a massive agenda and range of programs. Does that sum up your life there, Sophia?
1: Oh, to start with, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you've missed out the grey hair.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, look, I think as they say that the beauty seeps inwards as you age and grey hair is just about all the experiences of life, so it's all a benefit, Sophia. <laughs> Sophia, what part do community centres play in bringing programs and services to their communities?
1: I think they're incredibly important. It's just a really good way to connect people and connect community and create greater social cohesion. Um it's somewhere that people will feel comfortable and something I think a lot of people are needing more now than ever.
0: And why do you think they're needing it more than ever, Sophia? What's changed?
1: There's a lot more people that are feeling socially isolated. There's a lot more people that are out there on their own and don't know how to connect to services. Um, perhaps some from the older generation who don't have the digital literacy, so are feeling very disconnected, particularly you know, since covid um, but there's also a lot more in the area that I'm working in um, down in the West. It's a very disadvantaged There's a lot of people that don't have family networks, friends, support networks, or for whatever reason don't actually want to access
0: them. And you've just mentioned digital literacy, or as the government now mm-hmm. calls it, digital inclusion. But it actually yeah. has excluded a lot of people, hasn't it? Because it's yeah. just not how we've been brought up for some older demographic and even though they may have their family try and help them not everyone has family
1: exactly and that's what we saw during COVID we saw a lot of people coming to us for us to do it because they were they either didn't have the device you know didn't have the money to buy an iPhone or to buy a laptop didn't have the confidence the skills or anyone that could help them and so they were were literally stuck Um, and so people were coming to us and asking us to do it but um, thankfully at the same time there's a lot of This obviously was recognised by other community centres as well and there was a lot of funding that was put out. And so we've literally been running one-on-one digital literacy sessions, um, like tuition sessions since COVID, because the demand has been that great.
0: How do you manage that with limited resources, Sophia?
1: It has to be through grants. We cannot do it unless we get a grant. And so we were getting it um, initially from through the Wyatt Foundation, and then later from uh, adult education, adult community education, the ACE Fund.
0: And what is it about community centres, Sophia, that makes it so comfortable for people to walk in the door? Because it is a building, if people haven't left their home or don't know people. How do you get um, them to walk in the door?
1: It's a lot less formal, and so people feel a bit more comfortable, but it also depends on the infrastructure. Our building is quite old. it's a little more inviting, I guess. But the other thing is sometimes that we have to go out to them. So because we have quite a large car park out the front and the door is set quite far back and people aren't sure what to expect when they come into a community centre. So we go out to them sometimes. And so we have put signage out the front which might appeal to particular cohorts in the community. We do car park barbecues literally, you know, on the driveway. So anyone walking past, you know, has to come and chat to us. Uh, We do a lot of programs outside and so people just see the activity, um, it might be something of interest and we get chatting and from there, you
0: know, who knows what happens. Sophia, for a lot of people, if you said, do you know what a community centre is, you may get the response, isn't that where old people play bingo or don't they do Tai Chi or is there an issue around people knowing what community centres do?
1: Absolutely. And I feel like I'm still explaining that to people when they ask what my work is. Um, and people do have the image of it being an old folks home, that sort of thing. But you no, know, things have definitely changed. I mean, um, you know, to be current, you need to tap into every cohort in your area. and Your centre must represent what you see in your community. Otherwise, it's not a community centre. Um, and you don't have a community where it's just old people. So, you know, you have a centre that has all your cohorts, all your age groups, um, you know, covers all the demographics and has all the courses and interests and hobbies, you know, and everything else on offer to make sure that it appeals to everybody. Um, so, yeah, tell them to come in and they'll, they'll be very surprised, pleasantly surprised.
0: Which is fabulous. Sophia, what programs are you running at your centre?
1: Um, so we have a lot of ACE courses. That's the adult community education. So there's, um, there's computing, there's digital literacy, there's English classes. Um, we have courses that are to because of needs in our area. Um, so something that we also offer is a one-on-one literacy course for native English speakers. Um, and that's just indicative of the, of the lower literacy levels in our area. Um, but we also do a lot of cross-cultural work. So there's a lot of work um, between new arrivals, uh, migrants, refugees, and the Aboriginal community because we have a very large Aboriginal community in the area. Um, we do work with the grannies group, which is the Aboriginal elders. And uh, we do a lot of bus trips. As well, And the idea of the bus trips is just to break that social isolation but also get people onto a bus where, where initially they don't know each other and they're all strangers to each other and by the end of the bus trip there's a lot of networking that's been done, a lot of friendships that have been made um, and that comfort zone has increased and we see people will return as a result of it. But um, at the moment we're looking at things like taking bus trips out to visit elders um, in boroughs and uh, they'll give us some insight into the cultural practices and the history of that region and the people of that region. Um, We're also doing a bus trip, which is an annual trip that we do. It's called the Places of Worship. So we will um, have a bus that will take us to four different places of worship in our local area. So we'll be visiting a Sikh temple, a Buddhist temple, um, the mosque and the United Church all in one day. And we'll spend about 45 minutes um, in each of the sites, on each of the sites with the um, religious leaders, just so that people can get to understand a little bit more about the other faiths and cultures in their community and get to know a bit more and understand a bit more about their neighbours and perhaps be a bit more accepting of people that are different or people that they may not have crossed paths with. So it's great for social cohesion. And, Sophia, this must
0: take a lot to organise because just the coordination of the bus and the people and going out... how do you cope with resourcing? Do you have volunteers for the centre?
1: We do. We have a team of uh, 40 volunteers and without them, yeah, <laughs> we would be quite stuck. Um, and they're all brilliant and they all bring different things to the centre. Um, we have quite a diverse team. So we've got people from all different cultures. A lot of the workers um, are also bilingual. Um, and they, they again, represent the area. So some of them are volunteering because they're doing their 15 hours of um, Centrelink activity. Others just want to give back to the community Others just want to get to know the Australian workplace. Um, So, you know, want to try somewhere where it's, you know, a little more informal. Um, And some people just want to do it to make connections and and have a sense of purpose.
0: So can anyone volunteer, Sophia?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. They're most welcome as long as, you know, they pass the working with children's checks. They're on board. and (laughs) They have to have their heart in it.
0: Yes, of course. So, you talked yeah. about ACE, community education. Yeah. How does that play a role in people's lives? Because there's TAFE, there's other avenues, there's industry associations. What is it about community education and community centres that is so successful?
1: Um, it's a lot less formal and uh, it's there are fewer hours to it. Um, I mean, there's still the structure to it, but people don't feel so daunted, particularly for people that um have had negative learning experiences before, people that perhaps haven't been to school before, people that have been out of you know haven't done education or been in an educational institution for a number of years, um so returning to wanting to study or learn new skills. So it's it's been brilliant, but there's it's more than just the education that's there. There's also that social connection. Um and again it it helps with isolation.
0: That's very true. And the fact that, as you said, it's comfortable if people were put off from a formal environment and didn't finish school or didn't get the result that they wanted, this is a different way of having the education.
1: It's a nice way to ease into it. And we often see people start off with the ACE courses and then go on to do a TAFE course after that. So once they've got comfortable in that educational setting again, then they move on, which is great. They go on to do volunteering or something else.
0: And Sophia, with ACE, is it also fair to say that if you go with a community centre, you can then access a lot of wraparound services? Because if you haven't been accessing education, haven't been volunteering, maybe haven't been working, is it that could be for other reasons that are not about education, it's more about living skills?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get those, you not just get access to to the wraparound services, but you get to know about them. So without that, you know, interaction initially, you may not have even known that they
0: existed. I'm talking to Sophia Katari, Manager of Junction Community Centre, about the importance of community centres and all of the programs there. And it's more than just, as we said, people playing bingo. There's a lot to it. Sophia, tell me about the rest of the key events you've got coming up. You've got quite a few, haven't you?
1: We do. So we've got um, some workshops coming up. We're creating a mural on the side of our building. um, And it's going to be an art therapy project for people that have either experienced DV directly or indirectly. So we're going to come together to create a design, um, something that, you know, we'll start off with um, a whole lot of ideas that we'll meld together and then we're going to pass on to an artist to create a design from our input. We want it to be something that is very positive and uplifting, but we know that somewhere underneath that there are shadows and there is darkness, so we do want to have that in the design as well to some degree. But we're also going to incorporate the uh, numbers of crisis lines and um, the DB hotlines and things like that so that people can have those numbers available if they want them. And we plan to put a couple of chairs nearby so it can just be a little place of reflection.
0: So is this um, on the wall of the centre, I'm presuming, Sophia?
1: Yeah, it's on the outside of the centre, on one of the walls of the centre. It's actually The wall that we're using is actually a free wall. Um, So, I mean, whilst we'll put that mural up and, you know, we want it up there for a few months, people are actually welcome to come by, just pop into the centre and ask if they can do a whitewash of the wall and and do their own little thing. It is a free wall for people to be able to express themselves. Mm,
0: I love it. I love all of those silos when you go out into the country. There's some incredible artwork there.
1: Well, that will be one of the next year's bus trips. (laughs) I want to do one of those tours.
0: Um, (laughs) And I see that you've got a multicultural fashion parade.
1: Yes. So that's part of the welcoming week that's coming up next week. And so we will get... I'm going to put a call out to people that are coming into the centre and I'll put it, pop it up on Facebook as well. So anyone else wanting to come down to wear traditional clothing or to you know, bring some things perhaps from their cultural background... We will have the music, we'll have the food, and we'll have the fun all put together. (laughs) And you can all pretend to be models. So we're not all going to be six foot tall and, you know, size eight, but (laughs) there'll be a lot of fun and a lot of colour and a lot of learning.
0: And it looks like there's a community lunch on as well. There
1: is, there is. So we do that every month. It's usually on the last, or it's always on the last Friday of the month during term. Um, And again, it's just something that's put on by the volunteers. It's simple, but it's very powerful in bringing community together people just come together and it's it's become a group of friends. So there's no one that sits on their own for too long.
0: And I saw that you're offering free haircuts. Now, is this for anybody and everybody, Sophia? There'd be a lot of haircuts, I'd imagine, if you advertised that.
1: <laughs> we are targeting our local community, but we're pretty loose with, with the word local. Um, so, it's, you know, even though we're in Ottawa, we you know, go down as far as the port and, and, a, and further out towards the west. The idea is it's just to give, one, it's to showcase the centre, yes, but it's also something just to give back to community. So we have roughly 25 hairdressers who donate five hours of their time on a Sunday, and they're all professional hairdressers. So we set up the centre so that we have 25 hairdressers all lined up, and people can come through, make their appointments, it's for everybody in the local community. So, you know, from kids to grandparents and, you know, we get people who have just come down from the lands and they've got their kids with them and everybody is welcome. All we ask is that people come with clean hair, obviously. The idea is that, is that people are, you know, have a day where, one, they don't have to worry about money because there's no worrying about the money in terms of haircuts, but we also offer some free snacks and drinks and activities and performances. And the performances are to showcase local up-and-coming artists in the area So, again, it's a really good way of bringing everybody together and you you start to see familiar faces um, and, you know, you save $100 if you've got a few
0: kids. (laughs) Well, Sophia, I've just looked at some of the cost of most of your things. They're either free or they're $5 or they're $7. How do you do that? I mean, can the community support the work that you're doing?
1: We get a lot of grants. We have to get a lot of grants. Otherwise, we do a lot of collaborations and partnerships. So, you know, we may have the idea and be able to have the staff and the setup and the, you know, the um, facilities... But we may not have the money, so that's where the partner would come in. So, you know, they get half the credit, so that's fine. <laughs> it works for both of us. You know, they might get a free haircut, and it won't be by using a bowl either.
0: <laughs> Very true. Um,
1: if we were to make it more expensive, it wouldn't be accessible to our local community, and that would defeat the purpose of us doing it. The idea is that you know the local community can access the centre and the services and the and the um, activities that we put up. So, um, it would be not recognising our local community's needs if we were to have it any you know too expensive
0: understand. And in your time working with community centres, Sophia, what story stands out for you that you really feel community centres have a place, they need to be valued and supported?
1: There's one particular gentleman that had come to our centre who had told me, he was in his mid-50s, and he said to me that he had spent from the age of seven in boys' homes, youth detention centres, and then he'd spent a lot of time in and out of jail. And that what was saddest was that he'd said he'd only spent two to three months out of any institution at any point in his life. So at that two to three month point, he came to me and he was quite agitated and I said to him, hey, what's the matter? And he said to me, oh, look, I'm just you know, getting upset with somebody in the, in the housing block and blah, blah. And I said, look, it's, it's not your business. Don't worry about it. Don't get self-stressed. But what it was um, through you know a bit more conversation was that he was uncomfortable in community because his security zone was and his comfort zone was jail. And he had tried really, really hard to connect with people in community and had smiled and waved as he walked past them. And people had just kept alienating him. And so I said to him, look, you know, I want you to come and see me. I said, look, you know, I, I tried a few different avenues and, and nothing seemed to work. And then I, I said to him, you know, what would your mum really want? And <laughs> I think that was the one that worked. Um, but I, I said to him, look, I want you to check in with me. I said, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to come. Every, you know, two to three days, I want you for five minutes to come in and say hello, hello to me. That's all I want. I don't want anything else from you. And he did that and he stayed out of jail for 18 months. So we're really proud of that. We've made, you know, we've made him realise that there's another life for him. Um, he, you know, started doing some volunteering at different places. Um, you know, he'd help out wherever he could and it's just, it's, it's powerful when you can make changes like that
0: and that still makes me feel emotional talking about it. <laughs> well, I've just had that really warm feeling, and that's what I love yeah. about everything. As CEO of Community Centres SA every day, I get this warm feeling when I hear about the amazing yeah. work that you're doing. So, Sophia, let everyone know how they can find out about your programs, perhaps supporters a volunteer or financially or even come to the events. How do we find you? Sure. So if you go to our
1: Facebook page, it's at Junction CC, so at Junction and then two little Cs, Junction CC. So we have everything posted up on Facebook. Um, we also have a website which is the Junction Community Centre. Um, and more importantly, you're most welcome to come in. So come in at any time. And we're there from Monday to Friday, 9 30 to 3.30. There is no commitment to sign up. You're not going to be, you know, made to pay any money <laughs> up front or anything like that. Just come in, get a feel of the place, get a feel of the people, the programmes, and from there see what you want. Volunteering volunteers are always welcome. So I put you on our volunteer coordinator and she'll put you, um, you know, get you to do all the paperwork and do the induction and do a working with children's check and interview people in terms of what skills they can offer and then what we can offer them, what they're looking for. But, you know, we are very flexible and, you know, the more diverse the more people that can come with different life experience, lived experiences, the more, the richer the centre is and the more we can then give back to other people that are coming to the centre looking for things. Like
0: so the centre is of the people who belong to it and how they contribute. I love that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. we don't have those people and aren't serving those people, then what is the, an empty building?
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Sophia, and uh, please get along and support the events. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening today. The podcast will be easily accessible on our website, communitycentressa.asn.au. And remember to share the podcast with your networks and send us your feedback and perhaps ideas for interviews at info at communitycentressa.asn.au. We look forward to hearing from you and thank you for listening in. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.